Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It's November 28th. In this episode, you'll hear about a new uranium discovery in the Athabasca Basin that intersected extremely radioactive and off-scale mineralization. Managing Director and Head of Equity Research David Talbot delves into the details on this exciting news. We'll also hear from mining analyst Timothy Lee on recent drill results from Aston Minerals. Rounding this week up, Kobe Kushner, mining analyst, speaks on Barton Gold Holdings. Lots to come. David, why don't you start us off? Great. Thank you for that introduction and welcome to episode 29 of Red Cloud Securities Research Roundup podcast. I am David Talbot, Managing Director and Head of Research at Red Cloud Securities. Tim, Kobe, and I are pleased to join you today as part of an ongoing series of discussions with the Red Cloud Research Team. For my part today, I want to speak to you for a while about a new and exciting uranium discovery in the Athabasca Basin. Last week, Fission 3.0 announced hot scintillometer results over wide widths. Now, Fission trades as FUU on the TSX Venture Exchange. We do not rate the stock at this time, but Fission 3.0 is a banking client of Red Cloud, and Red Cloud does have an equity interest in the company. Fission 3.0 has announced that it has hit a very strong and off-scale radioactivity in the whole PLN 2235, and this is on the PLN or Patterson Lake North property in the southwest Athabasca Basin. The property is immediately north and adjacent to the 130 million pound Patterson Lake South property, or PLS Uranium Project owned by Fission Uranium, not rated. And it's near the 337 million pound aero deposit owned by NextGen Energy, also not rated. From the triple R deposit to the new PLN discovery is about 23 kilometers as the crow flies. Now this hole was testing an unexplored portion of the 2.6 kilometer long A1 conductor that essentially runs north-northwest to south to southeast. The A1B conductor is also related, and this makes the entire A1-A1B trend about 3.7 kilometers long end-to-end. Now, drilling has intersected a shallow 15.5 meter wide structural zone within basement rocks. It was targeted as a 730 meter step out from a hole that had intersected weak mineralization back in 2014. Now, this intersection is only down about 207 meters vertical and located about 25 meters vertically below the unconformity, so it is relatively shallow. Uranium mineralization is heavy, and geologists could identify massive pitch blend over several meters, with additional blebby and uranium vein-style mineralization as well. Alteration is intensive. We see a lot of silica alteration and breccia dissolution resulting in collapsed breccia. Along with graphite in the fault, this creates the perfect environment for uranium deposition. Now, these observations, the strong alteration, the wide graphitic structure, these suggest that a lot of hydrothermal fluids are passing through these rocks, and the uranium shows that these fluids were mineralized. And the high grades we see suggest the fluids deposited mineralization over a long period. Thus, we don't believe this is a standalone drill intercept. We believe this mineralization should have some extent to it, and it's a matter of having Fission 3.0 now find it with the drill bed. So we do believe this discovery could have some size. You know, we spoke about the wide structure, the well-prepared basement host rocks, evidence of extensive mineralizing fluids, strong alteration, and massive uranium mineralization. But the scintillometer results from the drill hole are really piquing our interest. 
Of the 15.5 meter wide zone, there was radioactivity detected for over 15 meters of that interval. We estimate the average counts per second for that interval of 11,186 counts per second. Now there is a high grade core measuring 6.3 meters in size, of which 5.62 meters measures over 10,000 counts per second on the scintillometer. And this includes a further 1.5 meters of composite interval over a two meter core that measures off scale or over 65,000 counts per second. So ultimately we estimate that this entire 6.3 meter wide high grade interval averages 26,209 counts per second. So how might these 11,000 counts per second over 15.5 meters and 26,000 counts per second over 6.3 meters stack up to other deposits? The old fission energy had the J-zone discovery hole scintillometer results of between 2,500 and over 9,999 counts per second or off scale over 9.5 meters. That discovery turned into 1.9% over 10.5 meters, including 14% over one meter. ISO Energy, another company not rated, discovered the hurricane zone in 2018. The discovery hole scintillometer results were over 5,000 counts per second over 8.5 meters, including over 25,000 counts over 2.5 meters, including over 15,000 counts over one meter. And that hole, it assayed 1.26% over 8.5 meters, about 3.6% over two and a half meters, and about six and a half percent over one meter. Now, a recent discovery in the basin, it hit over 3,000 counts per second with a maximum of just shy of 40,000 counts per second over 6.3 meters. Assays there, 2.4% over nine meters, including 3.5% over six meters. And then another recent discovery from last year, 1,600 counts per second over 27 meters, including 3,100 counts over 11.3 meters. And that returned just shy of 1% over 31 meters, including 1.8% over 12.5 meters. So I apologize for throwing a lot of numbers at you there, but really the take home here is that we suspect we could see multi-percent uranium over much of the 15.5 meter intercept. We're still awaiting assays, and I don't often confirm uranium discoveries until I see those assays, but in this case, the massive and very heavy pitch blend visible in the photographs is enough proof for me. However, the scintillometer results have us eagerly waiting those assays as a mean to quantify that uranium. Now, these scintillometer results, they really, they provide a measure of radioactive intensity, but it isn't an exact science. Different machines have different readings, they've got different upper detection limits, and while the readings are good relative indicators of radioactivity, they aren't linear and they can't be turned directly or converted directly into uranium grades. There are downhole gamma log tools that can do this, but some companies in the Athabasca Basin either don't use these tools or there's others that don't make that information public. Two rigs continue to test this A1 conductor on the PLN property, including this hole, which isn't quite finished yet. It was down about 320 meters of a 350 meter target depth that uh, last I heard. And this is only the second hole of the fall 2022 drill program.
Plans are, at least with one of the rigs, to start trying to expand this mineralization. So we expect small 15 meter step outs on a grid pattern around this discovery hole. This management team, they have done this before. The members were on the MacArthur River Discovery Team. They made the 11 million pound J-Zone Discovery with Fission Energy. They made the 130 million pound Triple R Discovery with Fission Uranium at just located just south of this property. So while it's a bit too early to provide any vertical or horizontal extent to the mineralization or whether it will coalesce into a zone that holds together, we believe this zone appears to be quite wide with well-developed structure and scintillometers suggest the mineralization is quite robust. So that 15.5 that meter width we're talking about, that's potentially close to true thickness and you know, thus gives it potential to have some size. Now, I do think additional holes are required to get the handle of, on the orientation of the structure. Uh, although the dip of the graphitic formation zone within the, within the structure is believed to be fairly well known, at least to management, based on geophysics. That said, management desires further drilling on this one section and probably a long strike to confirm its orientation and perhaps show any plunge directions. So I think you should stay tuned here. You know, I believe the story is going to be an exciting one to follow, and we recommend investors get into Fission 3.0 now before further drill holes or assays potentially drive the share price further. Tim, why don't we send it over to you? Thank you, David. This week we had drilling results from Aston Minerals, that's ASO on the ASX. We have a buy speculative rating on Aston, which is a Red Cloud investment banking client, and Red Cloud also owns shares. Aston reported drilling results from nickel-cobalt targets along the boomerang intrusion at its Edelston project in the Timmins area of Ontario, Canada. The results are from nine holes, with eight drilled at the Bardwell area, and one drilled in the new B2 target, located about three kilometers to the north. The holes at Bardwell encountered long intervals of disseminated nickel-cobalt mineralization, typical of previously reported holes. Highlights include 0.27% nickel, and 0.01% cobalt over 269.5 meters, and 0.28% nickel, and 0.01% cobalt over 217 meters. As well, the initial hole drilled at the B2 target, located near the northern end of the boomerang intrusion, encountered 0.28% nickel and 0.01% cobalt over 181 meters. That includes a higher grade interval, of 0.49% nickel over 35.06 meters. Aston also reported that further preliminary metallurgical analysis indicates that the nickel is dominantly contained in sulfides rather than silicates. Assay results are pending for six additional holes from Bardwell, and the company anticipates completion of initial resource estimates for the Bardwell area, as well as gold deposits uh, on the property previously drilled by Aston. We believe these are generally positive results, particularly confirming mineralization at the new B2 target, and there still appears to be lots of exploration potential along the boomerang intrusion. Kobe, over to you. Thank you, Tim. Today I wanted to touch on Barton Gold Holdings, BGD on the Aussie exchange. It's a not-rated stock. This is a gold explorer focused entirely on South Australia, and this week the company announced a drilling update from its 100% owned Tonkilia Gold project. This is a large property that covers about 50 kilometers of strike length of prospective shear zones. 
Within these shear zones is the company's 223 deposit, which is a shallow open pitable deposit just shy of a million ounces of gold. The deposit extends two to three kilometers along strike and remains open in all directions. Last September, a three and a half kilometer step out hole led to the discovery of the Area 51 zone, which has returned results of over three grams gold over 17 meters, one and a half grams gold over 25 meters. A 12,000 meter RC drill program is underway. However, this week's news is about the company adding a diamond drill rig to drill another 2,000 meters. The extended program is expected to focus on resource expansion of the 223 deposit along with further delineation of Area 51. Drilling is expected to wrap up by year end and initial assays are due shortly. So there's lots of news flow coming up with assays expected to flow into February and culminate in a resource update in March, which should incorporate over 30,000 meters of new drilling since its IPO last year. Taking a step back, Tunkilia is one of three main properties being advanced by Barton in the area. 70 clicks to the north is the Tarkula project, which is host to the past-producing Perseverance gold mine. A further 130 clicks northwest is the company's Central Gawler Mill and past-producing Challenger gold mine. The Central Gawler Mill is the only mill in the region, which provides Barton with an infrastructure advantage that it has been able to capitalize on thus far. And it also sets a stage for potential toll milling down the road, given the abundance of exploration and resource development occurring in its vicinity, including several other projects being advanced under JV with Barton and its partners. For now, the company is focused on growing its resource base to the south, with a medium-term target of growing to over 2 million ounces of gold, and it's well-funded to get there, with about 10 million Aussie in the bank. Thanks for listening to the Red Cloud Research Roundup podcast. We hope you enjoyed the dive into recent notable mining news. Remember, you can join us every Monday for new episodes. And as always, you can head over to redcloudsecurities.com for full disclosures and to sign up to our email list. That's it for this episode and see you next time.